Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Rumcast. This is the podcast where we talk all things rum with the people who love and shape it. I'm Will Hookinga, and joining me, as always, is my esteemed co-host, John Gullah, down in Miami, Florida. John, what's been going on with you lately? Hey, what's up, Will? Uh, it's been a, in an interesting week, I would say. Uh, a fun week, definitely, but an interesting one. I actually had... A fun week some... in, the, in these times is always a good thing. Yes, and I, I kind of want to share this story, but I will say at the preface that so we'll keep it short because it's not really rum-related, Okay. but I, I feel like I have to share this with people. I just I can't hold on to this right. uh, without saying it. So Something amazing has happened to you. It, it was, well, yes, it was very interesting. And people might have heard about this happening, actually, believe it or not, so that's really? why I want to share I, it. I haven't yes. heard it. How did I, if, if people were able to hear about this happening, how did I not hear about it happening? Well, let's see, because it was, it was clearly a very important historical event that okay. I'm about to tell you. So, uh, long-time listeners will know that, uh, of course, in addition to rum, I also love my family, board games, <laughs> Marvel comics, and movies. It's good and that you course, led with your family there. <laughs> thank you. And, of course, University of Miami football. So, oh, we right. have seasons oh, tickets. Oh, I know yes. where this is going. Do you? Uh, yes. Do you? So, yes. So, we have season tickets uh, in Hard Rock Stadium here in Miami for the University of Miami football games. Uh-huh. And we were we are in this section where we're on kind of the second level, and about the second quarter of the game, you're kind of like noticing... the corner of the field, right? Because you yes. texted me a photo on yes. Saturday from the game, and I was like, "Hey, those are pretty good seats." It, they are. We we sprang for good seats with the idea that like, hey, COVID might still be a thing, so there's less people there right. in those seats. Good thinking, and it worked. It was really good. It's, nice. It was a perfect experience, other than this one thing, which was. In the second quarter, we'd start noticing all these people in the first level start like pointing and looking up above us, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. So we're like, what the heck are they pointing at? And finally, we look about 10 feet to our right and above our heads on the upper deck. There's like this something that is falling down that you can see is struggling that is trying to not fall like wow. 30 feet to the to below. So you well, were able to spot this thing during its struggle to survive. Yes. And so it turns out this is like a small cat. Yes. This is the thing that, that I read about. Yes. So, and this small cat is like 10 feet from us, above us, struggling to hang on to not fall like 40 feet to its possible death, right? Who brought and, a cat? And- to I a Miami no, Hurricanes football game. Not a clue, because it had a collar on. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, at least but, they were being responsible. They made sure it was wearing a collar so people could find it, you know. <laughs> Anyways, it was the most surreal thing, because what started happening is this cat is slowly slipping down, and you see that they're not able to get it from on top. And so... It's like hanging onto this wire by both little paws, right? <laughs> and the, the crowd is chanting, save the cat. The whole wow, stadium the whole is stadium? chanting, save the cat, save the cat. Wait, right? you may it's have already crazy. said, is this during the game? Like, is yes. football happening? I can't imagine what the players must have been thinking hearing all of this mm-hmm. because, like, there's shocks. Like, as the cat is slipping lower, the whole stadium goes, <gasps> like, I, th- I think it says something about the state of the Miami football program, that the stadium was more <laughs> hey, captivated hey, by a know. single cat than the actual football game going on on the field. Uh, honestly, it was a terrible game for them, and I'm, that's all I'm going to say about that. They, they pulled App out state? the W. Appalachian yeah, State? App State, yes. Uh, they were, they were an awful performance in a squeaker. <laughs> they won, but yes. The, the cat was absolutely the okay, highlight wait, of so the game. So, I'm sorry, I distracted. What happened? happened with the cat it's clinging so, on for its life everyone's yes. chanting what happens yes. so beneath the cat 30 feet beneath the cat there's this uh couple that is in the row there like i said 10 feet from us i happen to actually know this person i work with this person his name is craig <laughs> right I, he works at the university of miami as well uh-huh. and he takes out this american flag and him and his wife are holding the american flag like a parachute underneath the cat to try to catch this cat that's going to fall 30 feet above their heads and so the cat finally now is struggling he's got two paws on the wire and then he's got one paw on the wire this was like um i don't know if you've ever seen sylvester stallone's cliffhanger but oh, this yeah. is what it reminded I remember me of cliffhanger yeah and so this cat is hanging by one paw and the stadium <laughs> is losing its mind and finally the cat falls right into the american flag bounces out and then into the crowd kind of below to the deck below them. So it was kind and of like a tr- like a trampoline effect? Almost, yes. So it, I guess it worked because next thing you know, there's this crowd of people below in the first deck that now grab the cat and hoist him up like Lion King. Oh my and God. And push him. And then the stadium erupts. Yeah! 
because the cat makes it right so uh, it was just uh, the craziest thing i've ever experienced at an event with that many people and just insane i had like i had to go back and have a glass of rum just to calm down after <laughs> after this game <laughs> that's incredible i can't yeah i read about that because i i keep up with college football somewhat and saw that and i was like that's exactly the kind of little tangential thing that makes college football so great is something <laughs> incredibly random and weird happening at a game yeah. that well, brings video. everyone together. There is video, and I would urge anyone who, if that story sounds interesting and you want to see the video, <laughs> literally just look up Hard Rock Cat. And you will find the video. And you'll actually see me in the video. I was on national television. You're in the video? Celebra- yes! Celebrating. Me and my wife are in the video. Oh celebrating this cat surviving this death-defying drop. We've, so, we've, we've got to... you got to take a screenshot and post it on Instagram <laughs> or something like that. Uh, it was it was pretty crazy. I, I'm assuming uh, y- your California Rum Fest <laughs> trip was hopefully much better <laughs> and uh, and not as uh, surprising. Well, I d- I don't know if I can top that. I mean, there were no death defying cats performing stunts oh, for, for well the attendees or anything like that. Yeah. But there was a lot of rum. I did have Good. I had a great trip to the California Rum Festival in San Francisco. A great, well, I was going to say a great time of the year to visit San Francisco, but I, my understanding is the weather remains pretty much the same throughout the year. Uh, and anyway, it was fantastic, typical weather you would expect. But the event itself was was really cool. It was in this old bank building from, I think, like yeah. the mid-19th century and had these big kind of stained glass style windows on the roof and it was just it was a really like ultra high ceilings it was a really i saw the pictures yeah it looked awesome yeah amazing yeah it was a really cool event space and uh did did a panel about uh, american rum It it was a similar it was the same people on the panel as the one i did in new york i changed up some of the questions and stuff like that so had another really good conversation and got to try some great rums this time i did try the worthy park 109 which was fantastic and as soon as i can get a bottle i'm gonna pick up some of that i was able to catch up on some of the homes key lineup that i had yet to try like the guyana the iflot yeah um, which was outstanding and my my reviews by the way of like rums that i taste at a festival are going to be very just like oh it was great (laughs) because (laughs) you know you're just like you're you're so overly stimulated and you're just having little tastes of stuff so it's kind of hard to really take anything away (laughs) intelligent Uh, i you know i couldn't go i couldn't go all out because i was leading a panel i was helping out with some other stuff so Mm. i had to Mm -hmm. keep my wits about me but i did manage to try those i managed to try uh, something else that i will share later on in this segment but it was really cool also got to go to a couple of bars for the first time uh, pagan idol smuggler's Sweet. cove of course i've never been to either place before so that was a really cool experience and got to try some some great stuff at smuggler's cove had a chairman's reserve master selection pick that i hadn't had before it was a false idol pick it was mm. delicious as all of those rums i have had always are to me i also got to try a samaroli the label i've been searching for more information about this rum online okay. i failed to come up they with are anything. cryptic yeah yeah but it's a label it just says jamaica rum and it says distilled 1982 is wow. and when you punch that into google all the bottles that come up are not the label that hmm. i had but anyway so I, I don't know what the details were about it i do know it was 45 percent abv and okay. it was one of the best and most expressive rums at that abv that i've ever tried just like yeah. so much depth and it was almost like it was almost like it was the rum was like floating in your mouth it had this such like light. ethereal yeah it was, it was it was an ethereal mouthfeel <laughs> on that on that rum but it was it was great and uh it, the place was packed and it was a cool environment to be in they were checking for proof of vaccination so um nice felt like a safe environment to be in yeah as was the festival uh masks were required and such and it was a great time yeah. so uh I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to trying to go to as many rum events as i can and hopefully i, I got to run into some rum casters there it was awesome to get to chat with some some listeners from the show oh, and uh, everyone cool. was so nice so cool and um yeah if if we talk thank you so much again it's it's always great getting to hear what y'all think of the show out there but with all that said we do have a a fun topic today 
that we came up with. Uh, and uh, this this topic was kind of sparked by uh, an experience I had at the festival itself. But I'm kind of thinking about this roughly along the lines of uh, rums that have changed our minds in some way or made mm-hmm. us think differently either about the rum itself or mm-hmm. about the distillery that the rum came from or maybe mm-hmm. even the region the rum came from, that kind of thing. I think this this reminds me a lot of, I have a, a music analogy for this, okay. which is, have you ever listened to an album by a band, like like a, and you've never listened to them before, and you listen to the album and you're kind of underwhelmed, and then maybe a few right. months go by, maybe a year goes by, and you listen to a different album, and you're like, oh my god, I, I love this. Like, why didn't I listen to this one first? This one, like, blows me away. I find myself having that experience sometimes with rums, you know? Sometimes the first one you have from a distillery is not the one that ends up making you really fall in love with it or makes you want to know more about it, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think about that a lot also when, like, recommending rums or even music to people like there are some Mm. bands where if i know someone i kind of know their tastes and they've never listened to a band i like before i might be like oh if this is you know your first time listening to like radiohead or something for example you're definitely going to want to start with like kid a rather than the bins because they're totally different totally different points in their career you're going to like this one more so anyway we've each come up with three different rums that changed our minds in some way, got us to see a a specific rum or a distillery, a producer, a brand, whatever, a little bit differently than we did before. And I don't know what yours are. I haven't told you what mine are. So we're going to kind of go through these and uh, see what we come up with. But before we get into that, any any thoughts you want to share? No, I think it's interesting the way you looked at it. I also looked at it in a way of like coming back to rum. So we have a rerum yeah. segment mm-hmm. and and it kind of struck me a little bit as that cuz there are rerums sometimes where you really do change your opinion. So I also kept that in mind as I developed uh, the three that I'm going to talk about today yeah. as well. So I, I agree. I think all of those are good things for us to think about as we move through the list. I'm excited half the fun is not knowing what <laughs> know, you picked and and we get to discover that live uh, here for everybody to hear. So that's well, that's for us, not for the people listening, but <laughs> um, Shh, yeah, don't don't, um, don't think, ruin the magic. I think they know how podcasts work. Um, okay, but uh, but yeah, this is kind of. I'm glad you you mentioned the rerun segment because uh, I see this as kind of like a cousin to that. It's sort of an right. extended version. So yeah, I, I I've I've done some talking to kind of set this up. Do you do you want to kick us off with with your first pick here? I can. I guess I first will... maybe we should take a break. You're right. Let's let's take a quick break and then we'll hit it up and that'll give me some time to think about how to introduce this first one because it's a doozy can't wait So, Will, we're going to start with my number one here, and I'm going to say, first off, I, I may get some shit for this. Oh. From you or others, but it fits the category, okay. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it, okay? I'll, I'll start off by with a little I'm drama by now. telling you, I'll tell you a little bit about it. This is a light-bodied rum, okay. multi-column distilled, mm-hmm. 40%. And, you know, not indicative of where I would usually plant my flag as a rum connoisseur, you might say. It's from St. Croix, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. So that probably gives it away. This is Crujan. Yeah. I was about to say, it makes me think of one thing. Unless unless you were going to say like Captain Morgan. (laughs) Uh, so this is a nope. <laughs> this is a Crucian, <laughs> Crucian single barrel extra aged rum. Okay, and yeah, I've way, seen this before, but I've never gone to it. Yeah, ha, ha, do you say Crucian or Cruzan? It's Crucian, I believe. Okay, yeah. I say Crucian as well, but I've heard other people say Cruzan or Cruzan. I believe uh, the correct form is Crucian. I agree. Okay, so now now that we've got that out of the way, but honestly, uh, ha- having a podcast is just in endless series of learning about things that you pronounce incorrectly so yeah please continue so anyhow this there's a bit of a story behind this one and why i'm selecting it okay i i was actually gifted this bottle of rum at a rum conference okay uh, and it was near the end it was the last day of the rum conference and i think there was uh there was some people working the booth Mm -hmm. and this bottle it's it was almost full it was like you know one ounce missing and i don't think they wanted to take it with them as they were packing up totally so always hang around always hang around at the end because you never know yeah tip at festivals (laughs) hang around at the end you'll get some free rum 
bottles. So yeah, they didn't want to take it with them. And they just, they were like, hey, do you want this? And I was like, yep, I'll take it. Thank you very much. Even though I was like, ah, cruising, you know, whatever. Yeah. I hadn't gone to them before in the festival just because I was maybe a little more excited about things that were a little more exotic, sure. I guess you would say. But, you know, you're at a rum festival. I was there. I may as well have gone and tried it. And, and uh, so when I got there, they gave me the bottle. So anyways, I get it home and I quickly scan this bottle and I immediately noticed I have some serious issues okay. here with this. What's going on? Which is, so this is labeled as Crucian Single Barrel. And then it says aged 5 to 12 years. Okay. And then it says blended expertly okay and i'm like wait a second that doesn't make sense it's a single barrel or is it not right so i I, at the first experience i had with this bottle was like what the heck this doesn't make any sense to me so i had to look it up i looked at a little bit more and i found out that essentially what they've done is this is an aged five to twelve year old rum that is blended and then they double age it they put it back into a cask a new american oak cask Mm -hmm. and then they put it in the bottle. Do you know how long it spends in the the second cask? Supposedly, from what I've seen, it's around a year. Okay. I just always any like as a process, like I'm perfectly mm-hmm. fine with that. It makes sense. Where where it gets into like fuzzy territory is then how you choose to describe that process, right? Right. Because right. then you get into stuff like double aged, extra aged, and and things like that, where it's kind of like nebulous as to what that actually means. And then a lot of times they don't tell you. So yeah, I totally get where you're coming from at like just the confusion at seeing that and being like, what's going on here? Yeah, it it totally turned me off. And by the way, I should say this happened a few years ago. This was Mm pre-podcast. Can we shorten that? PP days? This was pre-podcast days? Let's just go with pre-podcast. PP days is probably not a good one. Yeah. Uh, Pre-podcast days is what we'll stick with. (laughs) And um, so I was very confused by it and it turned me off immediately. I was like, this is not a single barrel. How dare they call it a single barrel? Right. And I, I just was mad at it. I tried the rum and I was like, meh, get that crap out of here. So... Come now to a year or two, two and a half years, three years later, mm-hmm. and I still had this bottle way in the back of my cabinet. And so I go and I pull it out. And I'm like, you know what? All right, let's just try to to get what the rum is on its own and irrespective of all of that other stuff that maybe I don't agree with and I right. still don't. Right. But let's maybe just the peel rum all is... that away and, and exactly. look at it with fresh eyes or fresh fresh mouth, palate, fresh tongue. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Whatever you <laughs> want to go fresh with there. Things. Anyway, so I put it in the glass, and I tried really hard to just focus on the rum itself. Mm -hmm. And I will say this. This is not a bad rum. It really is a very good expression. It has a lot of... I would characterize it similar to a Bajan rum, actually. Uh, in certain really? ways, a Barbados rum. Yeah. Even though it's it's multi-column distilled and it's only 40%, there's some sort of influence there. Maybe it's in the aging. Maybe it's in the new American oak that puts it into more of a bourbon-esque territory. Hmm. I don't know. But there's something there that reminds me just a tiny bit there of that. And honestly, it's it's really not a bad rum. This, this is not a sweetened rum from what I can tell with my palate. Mm-hmm. It's a dry rum. It's got depth and, and it's got a surprisingly long finish that is very pleasurable. Interesting. So, Would you so, say yeah. it's somewhat along the lines of like the Don Q single barrels or something like I, that? I would. Okay. I would say there's some similarity there as well, although I would say this has more wood character than, than those do. Even. Okay. Uh, so there's more wood in this, and, and probably from the double aging, is my guess. Did you... Uh, so, sorry, I'm like asking yeah. you to repeat yourself. Did you say that when they put it into that cask, what becomes the quote-unquote single barrel, did you say that that's new American oak? That's what they say, okay. is new American oak. So that would be unused versus what you would typically see, which is, you know, an ex-bourbon cast that's used and the, right. the wood character is not as not as aggressive as you would get in a... Maybe that's where that comes from then. I, I would think so. And, and at, at the same time, I, I have to be honest, I probably don't trust everything that is said sure. on this one. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I take it with a, a huge grain of salt there, but... It does have a nice flavor, and frankly, for a $25, $28 rum, this is what I see it on the shelves for, it, it delivers on that. You could do and worse. Yeah. So, I, I will say this. The rum itself changed my mind on this. It changed your mind when you went back. Yeah. As it, it changed your mind on the quality of the spirit itself. Right. Yeah. And, and and frankly, I think Crucian can probably make pretty good rum. Most of it is garbage, and we know that. 
because that's you know what you see on the shelves most of the time. But there there is the potential here for Crucian to continue to make a premium rum that I think uh, moving forward in the, in time, if they were to do that and clean up some of the issues with transparency and and how they're categorizing it, marketing uh, lingo. I yeah, I, I don't see why they couldn't have a better presence in the the rum aficionado category because the rum isn't bad. Yeah. So that would that was my long winded way of saying, hey, this is a rum that did change my mind and and how it did. I love it. I love you. You always, I, I, you have a tendency to go to the the unsexy stuff, and <laughs> I mean that in a complimentary way. Like Thank I think that's you. really interesting, um, because those like that rum. You, you, there are several others you've talked about before. Maybe Brugal, I think, was one mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where it's those that that have a lot of distribution and maybe among you know rum aficionado circles don't always have the best reputation. But you know you're you're getting in there and you're doing the work and you're reporting back and it's it's really it's great info to have yeah and, and i think it's valuable info for us as as in the inner rum circles of the hobby not to just drop those off just because of what they they uh, who they are what they say in the bottle some of those rums are really good quality are they going to stand up to some of the stuff that we know we love that are mm-hmm. the independent bottlings and the high proof no it's not mm-hmm. let's be honest but at the same time this is actually what I would consider to be a really good kind of midway starter-ish rum okay. for somebody that is, you know, looking to get more into the rum hobby, not spend a whole lot of money, but get a very quality product. I would put it in the same category as Dorley's XO uh, or, you know, Amount wow. Gay. I, I That's mean, pretty I, high again, praise. Uh, Dorley's is better. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not trying to say it's it, it, on that level in terms of the rum quality, but in terms of the, what it delivers for the price... I think it's there. And I do, I think Dorley's XO is at 43%. So it's got a little, ah, little bump good up point. there. Yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. I love it. Well, I can I take things in a totally different direction with, with my first pick? I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Lay it on me. Um, but actually, this, this is similar in that my tasting of this came from the remnants of a bottle at a festival that I got ah. because I stuck around and it was just from this weekend. <laughs> I swear we don't plan this stuff. Yeah, we it don't. just happens. It's just meant to be, I That's guess. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So this is a distillery that we've talked about on the podcast before. We haven't had them on the podcast yet, but we definitely should at some point soon. Okay. Maybe let's talk about that after after we record this. This was Kohana in Hawaii. Ah, so yes. makers of fresh cane juice rum. They grow all of their sugar cane. They're, they are very big on single varietals of canes. They have a plethora of what are kind of called heirloom varietals yes. of sugar cane that kind of date back to the first types of sugar cane that were brought to Hawaii a long time ago. They've, they've gotten expert academic opinions on this stuff and everything. It's really, it's, it's fascinating to learn about and you should look it up. But Anyway, so their, their whole kind of approach is trying all these single varietals and trying to make that the lone variable that is isolated between all these different rums. Yeah. And so it's, it's a really interesting approach. I think what they're doing is cool. And when you and I kind of shared, uh, because they sent us some rum in the past, and when we kind of shared our impressions of it, uh, I don't remember like exactly what all I said, but but to me, the, we, we tried, I think, th- either three or four different unaged cane juice rum expressions, and they were all at 80 proof. And okay. I think a consistent thing that I felt was like, I think this is like, you know, a good, solid, quality, fresh cane juice rum, but I, I, I wish that it was a little bit higher proof because I feel like there's another level that this can get to mm-hmm. that it's not quite there yet because like I felt like that was holding it back a little bit. Right. And at the California Rum Festival, they had what I believe was the first uh, ever bottled at 100 proof version of one okay. of those varietals of fresh cane juice rum, and I, I think I uh, the the bottle is gone, uh, so I don't I don't have it anymore. <laughs> um, but I believe it was the Mahai Ula varietal of sugarcane that this was done with. Okay. Uh, but it was at 100 proof, and when I tried it, it was like it w- it got to that level up that I felt like it could get it could get to, but I wasn't yeah. quite sure. It was just the the intensity of flavor was right where it needed to be. And when I say intensity, like it still wasn't intense. I even like what I told them was 
this is at 100 proof, but it doesn't feel like a 100 proof rum. It just feels like a rum that is really bringing that like fresh cane flavor. Uh, And that's really what it hit me with was just that freshness. And uh, one of the things I love about fresh cane juice rum is I really think you, you often get this really pure, amazing expression of the natural sweetness of rum like what it's supposed mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. like um we, we 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 talk all the time about like you know rum is 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 not supposed to be overly sweet it's it's not necessarily significantly sweeter than other spirits even but it does have a natural sweetness that all like uh, tons of spirits across different categories like bourbon has a natural sweetness right. there's a natural sweetness to scotch um right. when i have mezcal sometimes there's a wonderful natural right. sweetness to it but sugarcane spirit has this particular kind of sweetness and i just really it, it just really presented itself beautifully in this rum and so i was just super excited to see them doing that and even like when when i talked to kyle their gm was there tyler their distiller was there who, who i'd met before through a screen but but not uh, talk to I think one of their one of their representatives in California was there as well right. and just getting to talk with those guys about that ex- that version of the rum you could see how excited they were for people to be able to taste it and and that was mm-hmm. exciting for me but that really just kind of like I like I look at them a little bit differently now in my mind about the potential that they have there because this is still a relatively young distillery. Right, they, they've been right. open for several years now, but really they're they're just kind of getting started. And there's so many elements like what you have to get up and running when when you're growing the sugar cane, you're harvesting it, you're doing everything basically. So. I, it got me more excited than I already was for the future direction of that distillery and what's possible. And I hope that they continue to go in that direction and allow people who want it to be able to taste their rum at that level. Yeah. And did you have any of the other cane varietals that you hadn't tried before as well? Did they have those present? I, I know they was, had something, a that high was number. all of them. I had. I knew that like okay. they had other stuff there. Um, but I actually, the part of the reason I got to taste that was because Kyle did a, he did the last seminar of the day. And it was, yeah. it was, it was really like, it was really not all that much about rum. Like it was very much about sugar cane and Hawaiian mm-hmm. sugar cane. And like he talked about rum a little bit, but um, yeah. it was to me like the most interesting seminar that that i saw all day so i was super glad i attended it but he had that bottle and you know walked around and poured it for everyone who was there so that's when i yeah. tasted it and uh, i stuck around and was talking with him and actually uh, a guy named art who works at kuleana rum works uh which is uh on the big island uh yeah so kohana is on oahu kuleana is on the big island kuleana is a few years newer but they're also growing their own fresh sugar cane they have a, a slightly different uh not slightly different they have a different approach than kohana um they, they're doing some blends and stuff like that so they have kind of different philosophies but they're both in that boat of fresh sugarcane juice rum from hawaii and Mm -hmm. getting to talk to both of them at the same time and hear their different perspectives and stuff like that but also seeing like it was cool to see people from you know what are essentially competitive companies being able Mm -hmm. to like talk and be genuinely interested in what the other one was doing and stuff so it was really cool and because i hung around and participated in that conversation you know there was about a third of the bottle left and and that became my third of the bottle so that was that was a nice little bonus I really love what Kohana is doing and think they're they're doing great work for them as a brand, but also like important work in a way for the rum community of just the, the way that they are, as you mentioned, kind of isolating the variable of the different canes and exploring that and how much that can really bring to the table right. in, a, in a distilled uh, product like, like this rum. And, and so I, I, it's, it's a study I, like in, in terroir, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I think it's super awesome what they're doing. I freaking love Kohana. I haven't had Kuleana, but I, I do love the Kohana product. And I think actually, if I recall correctly, I think it's even in Florida now. So now I finally have access to buying some. I know it's on its way to Florida. I don't know if that's totally done yet. Although I mean, gotcha. you live there, so you may know. But I think someone, oh, I haven't seen it. I think but... someone asked Kyle about that, and he said, you know, we're in Hawaii and California, and soon to be Florida or something. Yeah. Like that, so. Oh, I definitely. Okay, great. So I, I knew I. I had heard about it and I didn't know if it reached our 
our uh, our chores yet, but uh, I'm super happy to have that available because I I definitely want to continue to pick up the different cane varieties and just have that in different glasses. I just there's something about that and doing that whole thing even blind that I love exploring. Yeah. So it's a really great great thing that they're doing. I'm glad you got to to try that, and I hope you, one day I'll you be get able your to hands get on that hundred proof. I was gonna man. say try that hundred proof. That's where it's at. Yep. So on to my number two here. So this one is uh, a bit different in that I think it changed my mind in the opposite direction. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. God, I feel so, like I'm about to do something similar with my next pick. Are you really? Yeah, but, but go ahead. Yours might Every be different. Every time I think I'm being creative and different, <laughs> you come and you're like, ah, but I did the same thing. Um, so uh, this is one that I was all over this bottle like three or four years ago. Okay. And I, I was hunting for it, in fact, wow. forever because I had had it at a rum festival and I was like, wow, this is so different than anything I'd had before. And as you mentioned earlier and eloquently put, you know, at some point your palate just becomes garbage at these festivals. Yeah. And this was one that I tried very late in the whole uh, okay. festival and you're a, little, uh, you're a little worn down by that point oh yeah oh yeah but everything was awesome by that point right <laughs> and uh <laughs> and so i tried this one but it stuck out and i remembered it okay because of two things one it was from a place that i had never considered doing rum all right that was doing rum all right and two because the flavor that i got from it was very unique right. so I, lo- I love those experiences yes new place unique flavor you never had that's like right that's what that's, that's that is like that's what we love about rum that's the goal exactly so i was like psyched for this and i finally got to pick up a bottle of it i found it locally uh it's funny because it's actually imported in miami through miami oh wow so i I presume that that's how it got to our local stores here but this is zama rum from madagascar i don't know if i've ever even heard of this really yeah that's a first i think for you (laughs) well um Zama? This is, it's it's Zama D Z A M A. Oh, okay. No, I've heard of this then. Okay. Okay. I was picturing Z A M A in my mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. D Z A M A. But I don't. I know. I, have... I know extremely little about this. So. Okay. Yeah. So they make a line of products, and there's a few that are unaged. There's a few that are aged, and this one particularly was called the Cuvée Noir. Okay. So this Cuvée Noir was there. It's kind of in a, uh, funny enough, in a Kohana-like bottle. Yeah, it's in that kind of like square-shaped. Yeah, Yeah, interesting. But with this screw cap that just kills me. But that's another show. Um, (laughs) You're you're at the head of the anti-screw cap lobby. It's it's an awful plastic screw cap. And that should have been my first clue that, hey, maybe something's going on here with this. Because as I explored this bottle a little bit, I fell less and less in love with it oh wow just from the bottle no 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 gosh i'm not that vain Um, (laughs) i don't know i know you're big you're big on bottles so i you know i didn't want to i didn't want to jump to conclusions i mean this crew cap didn't help but no it wasn't that it's as as i'm pouring this rum and continuing to explore it over time the less depth in it i found and the more one-dimensional it became okay and it's because it's dominated. And I mean, in no way have I ever tasted another rum that is dominated like this one with this vanilla flavor. Oh, yeah. That's never... Yes. Yeah. So, that's never a good thing. Right. So, and I'm sure maybe there's other rums that do a similar thing where they're vanilla bombs. But when I tell you that this one's close to vanilla extract, it mm-hmm. kind of is. So that should give you a To the extent that it makes you think it's it might not be natural. Correct. Yeah. And so, I'm guessing that's not advertised. Correct. Right. And not only that, but when I wanted to start looking into like, let me dive a little deeper into where this is made mm-hmm. and what it is. It's, I can't find anything on the distillery. Oh, wow. It's undisclosed. Okay. And that's so you not find a good info sign on the either. brand, but not the source. Correct. So yet another strike here as I was kind of like, hmm, what is going on with this? It says it's from Madagascar and Antananarivo. Is that how you say that city? Antananarivo? Something like that. I'll leave it um, to you. <laughs> it's a big city. I know from Pandemic, the board game, in Madagascar. It's their biggest city. I love uh, that you play a board game called Pandemic. Uh, yes. Uh, the real one wasn't that. enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game, Will. It's a good game. I'll so anyway, th- this oh, by the, by the, just... By, yeah. by the way, I was told from a listener uh, that, that uh, they share your love of board games. Awesome. By the way, so yeah. Hey, anybody that's coming to Miami Rum Congress, let's do it. 
Board games and rum is where it's at. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I will bring some games. All you have to do is tell me, hey, did you bring those games? We'll play it. We'll, I, I <laughs> got you. Did you bring those games? I feel like yeah. that's code for something that would normally get you something else. <laughs> what would be the, 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 the gesture with that? Did you bring those games and like do your hands in like dice little, roll. little pieces? It'd dice, be a dice roll. roll. Oh, God, that's dangerous, too. And yeah, uh, yeah but to be careful with that. Yeah. Okay. So back to Zama rum here. So Zama, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I just think that there's a lot of unknowns here. It's a 40% rum. It's light in body as well, actually kind of similar to the Crusian, but I I would far prefer the Crusian to this one mm-hmm. at this point in my rum exploration. So I just, I can't recommend this one for all those reasons. Is it interesting to try just because, again, I've never had something stick out with this much vanilla in it? Maybe. But I, I don't think most, I would recommend The most non-committal it. maybe I've ever heard. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah. a good reminder that your judgment can get a little bit skewed at a festival because it's, you know, it's a fun environment. It's mm-hmm. You're moving fast through stuff. You're, you're trying things here and there. You're having a conversation a lot of times with someone from the brand. Yeah. I love that I'm saying this having just given like a glowing review of something I tried at a festival in front of the <laughs> brand. But um, I at least had already had some experience with that distillery before trying that. So I, I, I think I, I, I gave it uh, as, as impartial a review as I could. But um, yeah, just sure, a good reminder sure. that sometimes your impressions there can change. Yeah. And I love that you went the other way and went something that you initially were high on and you went the other way after yep. coming back to it. Yep. And, and I, I think that's totally okay for us to recognize that we we talk about this in every episode. We're all on this journey yeah. in our own journeys and in, in, a, in a together journey. And as we learn more and as we experience more, our opinions can change. So there's nothing wrong to me with admitting that, hey, this is one that I thought highly of, but I've since kind of changed my mind on it. You know, I've so. heard that the only thing certain in life is change. <laughs> so we can just I add. thought it was death and taxes. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, death, taxes, change. Yeah. There's, change. there's a few things. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, shall What's we move, up with your? Shall yeah. we move on to my second pick? Yes. So I'm, I'm going to do something a little weird because, okay. as you know, I love to do. So I had these. Let, let me just start with this. I, I'm choosing St. Lucia Distillers. And son of a bitch, <laughs> really. And so the first thing I ever had from St. Lucia Distillers was samples of several of their master selection picks, and okay. I was immediately like. I love all of this, and okay. we, we've we've had we had Margaret and Denny on from St. Lucia Distillers. They shared a lot of info about their array of stills they have there. You know, the John Doerr one pod still, the mm-hmm. John Doerr two, the Vendome, the Coffee Column still. They have mm-hmm. this this wonderful array, and these mm-hmm. these master selection picks are usually different combinations, right? Like you might find one that's a hundred percent. Uh, rum distilled from the John Doerr one, or right. you might find a, a John Doerr two and Vendome blend, or you might find one that's just from the column still, but maybe from certain a certain range of plates on the column still and stuff exactly. like that. So yeah. they're 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 different in lots of ways, but they're they're usually uh, higher proof. You know, talking about like north north of a hundred proof or so, mm-hmm. and the ages vary as well. But right, they're they're so expressive and they're so distinct relative to other places in the Caribbean that when I had it, I was just like, oh man, this is great. I'm all in. I love this. And it wasn't, but again, these master selection picks are kind of like the uncommon thing from them. And it's it's newer than a lot of their other stuff. And right. so it wasn't until the last uh, maybe year or so that their products have gotten more distribution in the Nashville area where I live. Mm-hmm. And so I went out and picked up a bottle of the standard Chairman's Reserve original and stuff like that. I've gotten to try some of the Admiral Rodney and things, which is very different from Chairman's Reserve. It's a different brand. It all comes from the column still, different price point. But right. anyway. Different bottle. Different bottle, exactly. <laughs> it, has, it has the lovely non-screw cap that you love. Um, I'm totally fine. It does. I'm totally fine with the screw cap, by the way. I just want to full disclosure there. Anyway, we can disagree on that. But I, I think if I had tried them in the other order, which I think is probably the common order, I don't think I would have been as enthused as had I started with the master selection. Because it's not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the Chairman's Reserve original and that the Admiral Rodney are not good rums. 
they're they're quality rums they're solid at the at the price that they're at the chairman's reserve original anyway um Mm -hmm. but it the, the chairman's reserve original does not does not stand out to me nearly as much as being distinct from many other rums at that price point Mm-hmm. as the master selection does like when when i tried the master selection i was like oh saint, saint lucia this is different this is different from jamaica this is different from, Bar- from barbados it really stood out as having its own signature and mm-hmm. while chairman's reserve original is still like it's it's clearly different from you know jamaica barbados it's it just doesn't have that unique distinct feel to it to me when i go yeah. to it and yeah. so what i'm saying is i think if i had started with those and i actually i attended an event here that was sponsored by chairman's reserve and they had they had uh the like, chairman's reserve original forgotten casks legacy spiced i don't think they had the legacy yet okay. at this event okay but I was trying it with some people who had not had the master selection. And these are people who are into um, kind of out there rums. And when right. they had heard me like be effusive in my praise of St. Lucia distillers, when they tried these, I think they were kind of like, wait, like, I don't see where you're coming from, you know? And I, so I think that would have been my experience had I gone the other route of having those hmm. first. So I wanted to bring that up from the sense of if you're the opposite of me, and you've had Chairman's Reserve original, but you haven't had something like the Master Selection, don't, let's say you weren't blown away by the original, don't write off what remains out there in the lineup. Because to me, it's a completely different experience. Um, it's like it's like the difference between hearing the band's first album, like, you know, where it's like, it's good, but like they hadn't really found themselves. Right. They hadn't really gone out there and like mm-hmm. done something that really stood out. So anyway, that's my, that's my spiel. Well, it, it's funny you should mention that. Okay. Because I think the person you just mentioned there of trying the chairman's first line. I did I just describe trying, you? You did. You described <laughs> me. So I'm I'm gonna pull for, for listeners, I'm showing the bottle on Zoom right now. There's the I master have, selection. Yep. That's the master selection. So my number three was the Chairman's Reserve Master <laughs> Selection go. Series. I swear. <laughs> and uh, funny, it, it's, you, I mean, you already talked a lot about it, so I don't have to go on for too long. But I thought that when I tried the Admiral Rodney's line, I really loved that one from the get-go. And then I tried their Chairman's Reserve 1931. And that's their their higher of the line there. Right. And I, I think I actually covered this in a rerun on, on one of our episodes uh, where I talked about it. I was kind of like, eh. I really, I kind of felt let down by I spent $100 on this bottle and I didn't dig it. And I was like, you know, it's good, but it's not great. Mm -hmm. And then come later, I've now been able to try a few of the Master Selection series and even done, as we mentioned in previous episodes, the Florida Rum Society Master Selection, which is still forthcoming and still being held up at the ports. Waiting on my bottle. Oh my gosh, it's killing me. Come on, Chris Funk. Let's do this. Uh, so, anyways, in all seriousness, we'll give them some grace. I know it's been like the year from hell for for people trying to get rum into the country. So it it really has. I yeah. know, and I feel bad for them. And I know that even Chris, uh, he, he did do some stuff for Florida Rum Society members who had pre ordered it and and gave them some stuff just to say, hey, we're really appreciative that you know this is obviously beyond their control, and they're doing everything they can to get it in. But so back to these master selections that I have had the the ability to try. I really do love exploring exactly what you mentioned, which is their different array of all of the different stills that they have, the different aging components or, or aging of it, and all of that kind of variables that they get to play around with in this series. And what I found was I enjoyed that so much when I went back to the Chairman's 1931 I loved that one too, hmm. and I did. I did it so much. I did a rerun where I think I told you. I don't know what they changed my bottle out with, but it's different <laughs> than it was. And I really like. Like I don't actually believe that, obviously, but like I believe in it so much that, uh, like, it feels different. I have no idea if the master selection had anything to do with that, but maybe it does change your perceptions a little bit. Maybe just exploring the profile from a distillery in different ways allows you and your palate to acclimate. I don't know if acclimate would be the right thing to say there, but like to get used to what you're experiencing. The, the, the way you're describing this, you're, you're kind of saying it in a way where I can tell on your face, you feel like maybe this is kind of an out there concept that people like <laughs> won't agree with, but I totally yeah. get where you're coming from. And I 100% think that's possible that you can literally try the same thing. And because you tried something else from the distillery, right. that maybe clicked in a different way for you, it can make you see the other thing differently. I, yeah. I completely believe that that happens. 
I, I would say I have evidence of it, in, at least in my opinion, of you know what I was able to do with it. And I would uh, liken it to culinary experience as well yeah. with food, where yeah. when when you don't know what you're tasting... You, have you ever had that experience if you're expecting it to be one thing, but it's something different? Yeah. Uh, this is a crude example, but if you bite into a sandwich thinking it's a hamburger and it's a grilled chicken sandwich, right. you kind of have this like, ugh, yeah, exactly. experience, yeah. even though you might like grilled chicken. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, I mean, again, that's a really crude example. But the idea there is once you get used to the profile and different elements within that and explore mm-hmm. it a little bit, you start to adapt and find your way to things. And it does become a more pleasurable experience yeah. overall. So I, I, I would say absolutely in line with everything you said. I think this is a wonderful line. I think if you haven't tried any of the master selections you owe it to yourself to to seek those out Mm -hmm. or one of them in your area if anything and and then see how that might change some of the perceptions about saint lucia distillers and what they put out in their regular lines even because i i really do believe it will yeah it's i mean it's it's one of my favorite things that's out there in and and reasonably accessible in rum right now yeah Yeah, when i sat down at smuggler's clove i was like oh i haven't had the the false idol master selection gotta try it so yeah and it was great Um, All right. So should I close this out here? Do it. Bring us home. Okay. The last one that I will talk about is someone who has been represented on the show before, um, Mm -hmm. as has St. Lucia Distillers. But I want to go over to Binley Distillery in Australia. And so my first experience with Binley rum, it's funny, actually, like when we had when we had Steve from Binley on the show, Mm -hmm. I had never had their rum before. And so, you know, to me, it's still fascinating to explore and hear about how a distillery works, its history and its philosophy and everything without having tried the rum. But then it was it was special to be able to try the rum afterward, yeah. having that knowledge. But agree. the first experience I had with it was from our little exercise with Ian A. Shear, um, where we had Ian A. Shear on the show. We made up a, an idea for a fake rum blend, and they sent us four different blends that they came up with, one of which became the blend that was released with Holmes Key, the Holmes Key Fiji rum, that was the one that mm-hmm. we ended up picking. But there were two blends that were from Australia and contained Binley rum in them. And that was my first time trying it. And I tried it not knowing where it was from. Yeah, I didn't know it was yeah. Australia because they gave us the four blends blind and yep. we, we didn't even know which country they were from. So, But it was clear that two of them were like from the same place because they... Yeah. they, they they were different, but very similar in overall mm-hmm. profile. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that both of those were Australian and that they were from Ben Lee. And even though we thought all of the blends were good, you know, there was one that we thought really stood out above the rest, my, which is the Fiji. Um, my number two pick was actually the one from Thailand. And then I had the two Australia ones as kind of like a tie for third. I think I had a preference between the two. I don't remember which one. But mm-hmm. so when I found found out it was Ben Lee, I was like, oh, interesting. It stood out to me at first because it was distinct. Like it had a profile that, you know, what you were talking about earlier. Hey, this, right. is, a, this is a new thing for for me I've, I've, yep. i haven't had rum that has this yep. certain signature to it it had yep. this kind of like the the note that i kept coming back to was something like a honeydew melon um hmm. and i just hadn't had something like it before um having said that it, it you know it didn't really blow me away but i was kind of like oh interesting like that's cool yeah. it's it's distinct um i want to know more but you know maybe maybe there's something more beyond that but it wasn't until I had the latest transcontinental rum line Australia release, which is a six-year-old Ben Lee aged four years in Australia, two years in Europe, that it really like went up a level in my mind of like, now I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see what else this distillery has at its disposal. Um, th- this rum isn't necessarily like, it, it's not like a 10 out of 10 absolutely blew me out of the water rum, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. a really good, like the kind of rum that like you buy and you drink and you're like totally satisfied with my purchase. Yeah. And like, I'm yeah. glad I have this in my cabinet. This is bringing me something different it's something that i um will just go to you know just when i want to relax and have something something tasty it's got a lot going on to like but what it really has me excited about again is just now i feel like there's this whole world of binley rum probably that's that's like waiting for for the rest (laughs) of the world to discover it because you know it's Mm kind of hard to get and this is you know one of the the first maybe 
more reasonably easy to get releases that came from that distillery in the United States. So it just has me super excited to see what else they have. Like, I want to see what this rum tastes like after 10 years or or 12 years or something like that. Because I think there are some really fascinating places it can go to. And, uh, and having talked to Steve, you know, I know like how serious and dedicated and passionate the people are who, who are working there making that rum happen. So it really just, my, my feelings about it were kind of, I don't know, at like a, a five or a six excitement level. And now mm-hmm. they're at like an, like an eight or a nine in terms of like, can't wait to try more from this distillery and see what else it has to offer and what it does in the future. Yeah, you pump those levels up. Exactly. Get those, those are rookie numbers. <laughs> get those levels. So <laughs> your McConaughey um, impression? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree fully. Actually, I do have this bottle as well, the TCRL Australia. Mm-hmm. I purchased it based on our samples that we got from EA Shear. And as you mentioned, I think I was in the same category as you with them being the least of the three. Yeah. But they were all outstanding. And I was really excited to just pick up more Australia. I, I, I you, you mentioned Honeydew. I get a distinct white pepper note from mm. Australia rums. Okay. Uh, well, bin- Binley rums, I should say. Yeah. Um, it's uh, just an interesting one for me to explore. Again, the same unique character that I find in there. Really love it and can't wait to hear. I, I think, am I correct in saying that there's Holmes Key is bringing one out? I think well? I heard that. I want to say I'm that. I hope I'm not giving anything that away. I heard that. I, I yeah. don't remember exactly. I mean, they're getting yeah. they're getting a lot of stuff out of there these days. But I feel like I heard Eric K say Australia. Yeah. Uh, either way, uh, hashtag need more Binley. <laughs> yeah. So definitely. Uh, so uh, I'm excited for it too, and let's get more of that here. Yeah. Well, this was super fun. Like, I, 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 it's really cool to get to hear. You know, I didn't know your picks, and it's just it's cool to get to hear when something changes your perception of a place. Mm-hmm. and like what about it changed your perception and if you're listening and you have had an experience like that before we'd love to hear about it so definitely send us an email at host at rumcast.com or let us know on social media john is always watching those mentions uh and keeping an eye out for stuff there but uh but yeah anything anything else to cover before we wrap it all up no just to say thank you we've got a few new reviews lately and we really appreciate those it's always uh, I, I don't know about you will but every time i see one pop up and, it, and i see it it makes me smile yep uh it, it's a bright spot in my day because it's really cool to see that there are people out there who are enjoying what we're doing we're obviously committed to this we obviously enjoy it and talking about rum but i literally never people... stop being surprised when someone <laughs> uh tells me something nice so it is it is awesome <laughs> and, and uh seeing other other people out there that take the time to let us know that they're also enjoying it is really a great thing. So thank you all so much. And please do, if you haven't uh, done the reviews and you want to do a review, please do leave us a review. Five stars always appreciated, but honesty is appreciated even more. So thank you all so much again. We'll thank you for all that you pour into this and all the stuff that you do in the rum world too, as it's always fun talking to you. Absolutely. And same to you, my friend. We'll do it again soon. <laughs>